Welcome to the Spanglish Show. I'm your host, Mafe Salazar. In this podcast, I'm walking you through the struggles of being an immigrant and having to live your life in two or more languages. This podcast covers real stories of real people. Thank you so much for tuning in. So let's get started and I hope you enjoy your time with me. Welcome again to another episode of the Spanglish Show. I am your host, Mafe, and for today's episode, I am joined by Zara Zuba from Settling Down Everywhere. Zara is a life path mentor, a digital nomad who works with women to build a life on their own terms with passion and purpose, wherever it is that they feel called to go in the world. At the start of 2021, she launched her membership community for travelers, Settling Down Everywhere, that hosts workshops, classes, and self-discovery challenges for travelers to tap into their rebellious spirit no matter what circumstances the world throws at them. The conversation that I had with Sarah was so, so amazing. On this episode, we're talking about her biggest struggle when traveling to a new place, passport privilege, what is it, and why she wants to bring awareness to this issue, just pack and go, and the representation of the BIPOC community in the travel industry, some of her funny moments in Mexico, and a lot more. So without further ado, I really hope you enjoy this episode and then you laugh with us. So let's get right into it. Welcome to the show, Zara. How are you? No, it's Sarah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Sarah. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Well, here you go. Like this is this is what happened when you speak Spanglish. Um, like pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> and this is uh, what the podcast is all about. So you are living in Met- Mexico right now, and you're originally from New York. How long have you been living in Mexico for? Yeah, I've been off and on. My first stint in Mexico was in 2019. I was here for like four or five months, um, and then I was home in back in New York during like the lockdown and everything. And then I've been back since February um, this year. So I've been loving it right now. I'm in um, Querétaro in Mexico, central Mexico. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. I've been to Mexico, but never been to Querétaro. Oh, nice. It's beautiful. definitely want to explore more. (laughs) Another question that I had for you is what's your biggest struggle when you're traveling somewhere new? Yeah, um, I think the biggest struggle for me is like grounding myself and like getting my bearings in a new place. Um, I'm not the best with directions. So <laughs> and especially as like a historically like solo female traveler, um, you don't want to be walking around like looking super lost. Yeah. And like a tourist who doesn't know, you know, very vulnerable. Um, so yeah, just trying to find my bearings in the city. Also like trying to have my own routine and personal practices to like ground myself in new places. But that's the biggest thing. I'm always super excited to explore. So it's usually like an exciting new chapter. Yeah. Because like, how long have you been a digital nomad for? Um, wow. I want to say, yeah, we're like coming up on two years. So wow. So yeah, yeah, definitely having a routine like must be like super fundamental for you. (laughs) Yeah, it's really important, especially like in between pivots and new projects and offers and everything. So it's really good to to kind of settle into yourself that way. Yeah. Um, So as a digital nomad and you're also an American citizen, um, now that we're talking about like moving around the world and all this, how hard is it for you to get a visa to live somewhere? Like if you wanted to go like wherever for more than six months, like how hard would it be for you? 
It's not hard for me at all. I mean, I, and that's, that's privilege, right? And that's what we're here to talk about today. So I'm really excited to, to open up about this. Um, I can travel like 61 countries without a visa. And that's a lot. <laughs> passport. Yeah. And that's a lot. And then compared to like any of my Mexican friends with Mexican passports, they have about, I think, 48 countries that they can travel without a visa. And then the visa process for me usually goes like, would go like a lot quicker. Um, the turnaround would be faster and compared to comparatively for them where there's my, their application might get sent back and they might have to reapply over time. And it's very frustrating, but actually there's a website I wanted to recommend if anyone listening yes. is interested <laughs> to share, um, it's called passportindex.org and you can actually compare your passport to other countries, um, to kind of understand where your privilege lies within your passport yeah. and your nationality too. Perfect. Um, yeah, well, like I was going to touch on that um, a little bit because like I basically like for me to go anywhere, like I just want to go to like the next province, like, I would probably have to get a visa <laughs> because like my password is like very weak. I'm originally from Venezuela. So yeah, absolutely. And it takes, it's a bit of a process for you too. It takes a bit longer. And for everything for everything like coming here like the process like felt like so long and I feel that I've had to like jump through like so many hoops to just like stay here just because I really want to stay here right mm -hmm. um so I know we talked about like this a little bit but do you want to explain a little bit more um um what like passport privilege is and what made you want to bring awareness to this issue yeah absolutely um I mean, there's a huge overlap between like white privilege and passport privilege, right? And so that's really what kind of sparked things for me because I, I'm so committed and I really want to use my privilege in any way that I can to try to like elevate voices and also just advocate and spread awareness about these issues that maybe we don't have as much control over, but should be a topic of conversation. Um, but just to kind of, yeah, overview, like passport privilege is just the idea that not all passports are created equal. And like we have so many systems that um, are biased, we also have that within passports. So there's a series of benefits or restrictions that are placed on your ability to move and live globally based on the nationality of your specific passport. So in my case, I have benefits and in your case, you have restrictions. Oh, lots of restrictions yeah, exactly. <laughs> because like well like yeah passport privilege is something that I have definitely experienced and but like never never ever thought of until I saw your post about it and I was like I want to talk about this because I feel that it's like very very important mm -hmm. um and oh I lost my train of thought <laughs> oh it's okay yeah and I also to answer your question like what really got me started to wanting to talk about it was as I started traveling, as I started having friends in other countries that did have weaker passports, um, you know, I have friends who are couples and one person has a strong passport, one person has a weak one. And it's really difficult for them to like build a life together, right? It's like <laughs> finding where they can actually like build a life together that supports both of their interests and like careers or whatever it is. And I also have like a Guatemalan friend who's an artist and you know, he really wants to go and see the art firsthand in these different countries in Europe and all these other places, but his passport is weak and it's such a process and it's very expensive. And so for him to have the capacity to pay all of those visa fees and all of those, that's a whole nother layer of the privilege as well, right? Yeah. It's not even just the process of the visa, but like opportunity and yeah. Um, access. Yeah. 
because yeah like it's not only the passport it's like the economical situation like the economic situation of the country and like how much you earn and and like it's not necessarily how much you earn but how much like that translates um in money to another country because like back home in Venezuela um I don't know like what you can do with one dollar over there you cannot do the same with that same dollar over here in Canada right exactly yeah there's so much to it there's so many layers but it's just it's sad to think that like all of our our culture and our what the world kind of like puts out in media and everything it's always like very wanderlust and see this and explore that but there are so many um communities of people and nationalities that are you know taking in all of this information but can never actually see it firsthand for themselves yeah. like ever yeah so that's why I think that just pack and go can be like such a triggering um like phrase for for citizens with like weaker passports because we can just like pack and go so do you believe that this is the main reason why um there's not a lot of representation of the BIPOC community in the travel industry yeah, absolutely. I think it's resources, access, opportunities. And I think that, um, you know, this past year, everything in 2020, it was nice to see so many voices being amplified and travel communities as well, like travelers, um, like the Black Travel Alliance is doing a lot of work to try to do more partnerships and and raise voices as well. Um, but it does say something when you look at a travel page and you just see white faces and you just see the very stereotypical like privileged person who is in this paradise and living this life um, and you don't see enough people from the BIPOC community yeah and I think it definitely has a lot to do with passport privilege and yeah access and opportunity awesome um um so another thing that I wanted to um touch on and it would be I think you were talking about this as well on your post it was expat expats and immigrants so I wanted to know if is the term expat like only reserved for you as citizen or like what's the difference between being an expat and being an immigrant oh my goodness yeah um <laughs> the word expat is such a loaded word honestly and I both of the words bother me if I'm being completely honest here um I don't know that I identify like I don't call myself anything as a nomad, as an entrepreneur, but I guess if I was to call myself something, it would probably be an immigrant because I just don't feel good calling myself an expat. Um, but to dive into the actual definitions, um, an immigrant is a person who comes to live permanently in a foreign country. And an expat or an expatriate is simply defined as someone who lives outside their native country. So there's no specification that's very unclear on the amount of time so expats can always leave after a couple of years or not, or live permanently, yeah. right? Like we, <laughs> we know both, but the part that isn't talked about is that the word expat is reserved almost exclusively for Western white people like me, like myself. Yeah. And an immigrant is reserved for other ethnicities like carrying connotations and assumptions and also presumptions about their class, their education, and their privilege and all being lower, you know, and little, like, it's very dehumanizing. I feel like the word immigrant is very, um, I don't want to say like this, 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 like it's not discriminating or maybe it is. I don't know what the word would be for that, but it's like, it's like the word like immigrant is very loaded and it like it, yeah, it has like so many connotations when you say like, sometimes I'm afraid to say like, oh yeah, like I'm an immigrant because like I moved from my country 
to here, but I'm also an expat because like the reason why I moved is because like I didn't like the political situation of my country. And it can be such a politically charged term as well. Yeah. Like it, there's so much to it. And it seems like such a small difference between the definitions when you think about it, but how it's actually like used in practice, it has so many layers, especially within politics, especially within like social justice and, and human rights campaigns, right? And yeah, yeah it's, um, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a debate still. Honestly, if you Google like about the words expat versus immigrant, you are going to see a lot of varying opinions, like blogs, comment sections, people sharing their stories, their own opinions. And I think it's good to like continue the conversation. And it's just going to be about us um, raising awareness, but also challenging the words and challenging. What did you mean by that? And assuming that I'm an immigrant or what did you mean by that? And assuming and calling me an expat, you know, or whatever yeah. it may be. And just yeah. No, go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> no, I, I was gonna say that I feel that expat, um, that if you call yourself an expat, that you have like the hope or like that that you would return to your home home, home country one day. But like when like when do you stop being an expat and become an immigrant? You mm. know? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's it. It's like both of these, whatever, these terms, these people are going for opportunity. They're just moving somewhere for opportunity, whether it be for a career or money for the family, whatever it is, like you're going for opportunity or growth or in some way. So it's like, they should be synonymous. They should be, they, they're meaning the same thing, like relatively. And if it's just talking about a timeline, then we can just be more specific about the timeline. That yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, how permanent is permanent? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I feel like um, I was actually just doing a bit of research before the podcast because I was like, huh, I, I still see the word expat so used, even within some people in the BIPOC community use it and in the travel industry. So I was like, oh, I kind of want to hear more about like their perspective in using this word. And I don't know if you're familiar with the magazine Travel Noir. Um, yeah. It's like a, a Black-owned, curated, um, created um, collective magazine and they had an article talking about how um, a lot of like black Americans like still call themselves and take pride in being an expat because they don't feel that same respect and equality in the U.S. So they actually move so that they can actually feel like they're on a level playing field um, in having that opportunity. And so I was like, that was interesting. Cause that's like, you know, I can't speak of that experience. All I can do is share it. So. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's very interesting because like, again, like it comes back to like the words being like very like emotionally loaded and, and like meaning like different things for like, for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's very interesting. And that, that's something that definitely needs like more debate. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And um and I think that because being in Mexico and, and I've been in different, I've been living in different cities of like some that have a bigger immigrant slash expat community <laughs> and then others that don't. And I mean, from the Mexican families that I talk to or my friends, like they do call me an expat, like when talking in their own, like, you know, in Spanish, they, they call me that rather than an immigrant. Um, whereas when and it is there's still that privilege there's that expectation it's almost like oh money education privilege right and then when you I don't know I think I just cringe when I hear 
it being like used almost as a way of um, putting yourself ahead and like glorifying. It's a glory, like an expat to me is a glorified immigrant. Yeah. It's just <laughs> someone putting them, putting themselves on a pedestal. And that's not to say anyone who calls himself an expat or has built a business around it is wrong. It's just that I think it's something that we have to constantly challenge and like talk about. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I have one question uh, for you. And okay. so, you know, like language is obviously like a big barrier when it comes to traveling. Um, like I've been speaking English since I was like very little. So I didn't like really experience it as a barrier. Like sometimes like my accent like comes off wrong or like people can understand what I'm, what I'm saying, but have you have like any like languages like mi mishaps or like funny things that you want to share? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Um, <laughs> where do I start? No, honestly, one sticks out um, because, okay, for like backdrop or backstory, like in the US, when you're learning a language, you learn like very specifically like grammar, you're not really having conversations. So when you actually are immersed in the culture and you're immersed in these countries <laughs> and are trying to apply anything that you learned, it just comes out so wrong. <laughs> and you just like have this awful accent, like gracias or like por favor, or like, you know, and you still hear it. And it's just, <laughs> oh my gosh, thinking back to like, you know, when I first landed in Mexico or anything, like I was like, oh gosh, that girl, like how <laughs> Um, But one specifically, I was in I was in San Cristobal de las Casas in Chiapas here in Mexico. Yeah. And um, I was at a market, like a huge market. And I was buying all my weekly like fruit and vegetables. And I went up to get grapes. And <laughs> I said, ¿Cuánto por un medio kilo de uñas? And I asked, so, I mean, this is Spanish, but I asked for how much for half a kilo of nails. Of nails. <laughs> grapes because like unas or uvas and like I died inside like and I looked at her like with a straight face and she was just like laughing at me <laughs> and, like, called her husband over and told him what like what I said and I was like oh my god <laughs> like they think it, they are so friendly and warm and they just like correct you and like laugh with you and laugh at yourself but oh my gosh yeah I like died a bit inside I was like I asked her for like half a kilo of nails like I you <laughs> like I just imagine like oh no <laughs> like a bag of like like nail clips <laughs> I was like oh, I was off by one letter yep <laughs> so funny but yeah no there's still stuff um there's still you know different mishaps that I had especially with different slang you know, and yeah, there's an entirely different, like, almost like a dialect of like slang yeah. and words that they use. And I'm sure it's the same in Venezuela. Like, yeah, it's, it's just like, if it's the same, like, even like between countries, because like what, I don't know, like the word for straw, like has so many meanings in, in like, like, obviously like different countries, like say different things, mm -hmm. but like, it means like straw, like my, like the word that we use for straw in Venezuela means, um, what is it? Like little penis or something like that in, in Mexico. <laughs> That's how it is with um with chaqueta. They yes. it means like masturbation. And yeah. I was like, I said it once and I was like, oh God. And they were like, my host mom, because I stayed with the host for that woman, she was like, no, 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 no puedes decir eso. Like <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> teach me the words. <laughs> I don't want to be dirty. <laughs> so funny and it's always the dirty words too right yes always always <laughs> <laughs> because 
the only thing that you really need to say in other language to like my opinion is beer chocolate and shopping <laughs> yes in the bathroom you gotta know where yes. the bathroom is but yeah <laughs> the essentials that's it those four words you're sur- you'll survive your whole trip <laughs> yes oh my gosh I love that I completely agree <laughs> um do you consider yourself a Spanglish speaker yes or yes <laughs> yeah I would um it took time and like I said like I've been in so many different scenarios and situations but <laughs> Yeah, that was a big objective for me. And I, and that's a big thing for me as a immigrant living here um, and working on, you know, having a business is like, I'm not just here and going to to speak in English, ordering food. And, you know, like, that's very important to me when I travel um, is to be able to kind of at least meet them halfway, you know, and do what you can. um, And yeah, so that was a huge thing. And that's why I, I, you know, I took a lot of Spanish classes, even when I got like in Latin America, and I lived with the host family, because I wanted to really actually experience the culture and be able to connect to them and hear stories and all of that. So no, it's definitely paid off. And I, I'm very grateful for my Spanglish abilities. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but do you find yourself like speaking in English? And like, like, the the word that comes in is like the first word that comes into your mind is like Spanish or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and actually it's so funny because like even my family when I FaceTime them sometimes like I will yeah I'll mix things or it's even the sentence structures sometimes so I'll say a sentence in English and I'll be like oh you worked this morning yeah because like at the end of like Spanish phrases sometimes you say like no or verdad like you know and then <laughs> and I'll do the same thing with like no and my dad's like are you like Canadian like what are you <laughs> And I was like, I don't know how my brain is translating these things anymore. Like, but I felt confident and good when I had a dream in Spanish. And I was like, oh my oh gosh, my yes. I was like, okay, give me all the Spanglish dreams. Like it's good practice when I'm like my subconscious. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you really learn. Yeah. Dream in Spanglish. <laughs> and then you also, you know, when you're learning a language, sometimes, especially in Spanish, you're just like, maybe if I just add like eon or ara at the end of something, I, it'll be right. And sometimes it works. And then sometimes they're like, mm, nice try again, girl. Like, no. That's how we do like the pronunciation. Like we just change the pronunciation. Um, I don't know, like, let me think of a word right now. Nation and nacion, yeah. like it would nacion. be the same. So like, we just try to like change the sion for sure. Yes. <laughs> like my work might not work. I love that. Well, and that's also like, I feel when you first are learning and you only know the words like you're talking about like baño cerveza like all these other words that's you are fully doing that for any phrases that you're doing like you're just adding endings that try yeah. to, to make, like, use the accent just try to get the world of ours like it's so real oh my gosh that oh. is so hilarious <laughs> um so to wrap it up a little bit here what um what are your plans next like where are you traveling next are you gonna stay in Mexico for a while or yeah do you plan to go somewhere else (laughs) I am so it's so hard for me to make decisions like this um especially Mm -hmm. in like what's happening in the world currently but um but yeah I I would like to probably like stick around Mexico this year um it's like my second home at this point. I feel so like grounded and I just feel so welcome. And I, you know, I have a lot of friends in different cities around the country. Um, 
but I eventually I would like to go to Southeast Asia. I would like to go to like Thailand and like get myself back out of my comfort zone because I'm starting to feel like I'm a little bit in my comfort zone now being in Mexico. <laughs> and I need to like be like, all right, go somewhere that you don't speak the language again, that you don't know anything about the culture or the customs and everything. It's just like a new, a new adventure, a new sense yeah. of like exhilaration. Yeah. Well, so fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so nice. But I um it's one of gonna be one of those places that I always come back to. Like, yeah, like I said, I was here two years ago and then I like continued on through Central America and I um I had finished in Colombia like just before the pandemic hit, and that's when I like flew <laughs> home to New York, like just in time basically before <laughs> lockdowns. And yeah, when I started feeling safe to like leave New York and travel again, I knew instantly I was like, I'm gonna go somewhere that I still feel like welcome comfortable that I do already know um and could ground myself in easily and that was Mexico so I'm really really happy to be here and like excited to see what else happens yeah (laughs) I really hope I can travel again to like anywhere like I really want to go to Mexico again like I went in 2010 so like Mm. ages ago so I definitely want to go back (laughs) and it changes you know like I mean every country does but I feel like yeah just like infrastructure and tourism like all these things and like technology all everything just changes so quickly yeah it's worth visiting again yeah we're never gonna have enough time to like uh, travel around the whole world (laughs) I know I know and I'm in no rush like I'd rather see less countries like thoroughly and like cultures and everything than um you know try to like literally check off every country yeah. on, on a list be yeah like a tourist tourist <laughs> yeah yeah I'm not much of a country counter I couldn't tell you really how many I've been to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome and finally to wrap it up where can people find you yeah um on Instagram you can find me at at the Sarah Zuba Zuba is S-Z-U-B-A um, I'm on Instagram. That's my biggest platform. I'm also going to be launching my website in a couple of weeks. Like actually it might be next week. Um, and that's going to be um, www.settlingdowneverywhere.com. And yeah, I'm a, I offer one-to-one mentorship services as well as a tribal community for ambitious women who really want to like build a life on their own terms and really kind of dive deeper into their purpose and self-discovery. So that is so amazing. I'm going to make sure to link every, um, everything on the show notes. And thank you so much again for coming and for spending your time with me. And that was it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Spanglish show. And if you're enjoying these conversations, make sure to leave a comment or a review. So until next time.